Fire questions. The first one is At what age do you want to retire? Oh, uh, last year. <laughs> How long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? Ah, uh, 50 minutes, 20 minutes. Most embarrassing moment of your life? Boy, uh, hopefully it uh, didn't happen until now. So looking forward. <laughs> Favorite color? Uh, green. What time of day are you most inspired? In the early morning. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Oh, flexible. Uh, starting from five up to eight. <laughs> Fill in the blank. An upcoming technology trend is blank. AI. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. Boah, Kaiserslautern. <laughs> Pick one. Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? Elon Musk. The biggest mistake of your career? Skip. <laughs> How do you relax? Oh, um, on my bike. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Too much. Four or five. A habit of yours that you hate? Skip. <laughs> the most valuable skill you've learned in life? Be patient. Your favorite Netflix show? Hey Pepsi, where's my chat? One word description of your leadership style. Flexible. Top priority in your daily schedule. Keep on track. Ideal vacation spot. Skip. Key factor for maintaining a work-life balance. Be aware of what's around you. Memorable career milestone. Decide to uh, be a co-founder of Experts Inside. The last song you've been listening to. Skip. The last movie that you saw that had a good impression on you. Uh, it's an old movie, Heat, with uh, Robert De Niro. Okay. Well, that's the end of the rabbit fire. So that was really good. And let's move on to the longer questions, which you can answer with as much ease and time as you like. Okay. Yeah. The first one is, can you share your journey into Microsoft Enterprise Environments and your role as a consultant for SharePoint, Office 365 and Azure? Yes, definitely. So I uh, started my career with a focus on Microsoft technology as an employee and uh, not an employee of Microsoft as an employee in a, in a company. And my, my job was a database administrator. So I uh, worked with Microsoft SQL Server. And in this context, uh, SharePoint came up, uh, SharePoint databases, maintaining, backuping, et cetera. And so I came in touch with SharePoint and it was an impressive part of technology for me. And step-by-step step, I moved over from the database administrator role to a SharePoint role. Uh, and this was in the year, I think 2009, 2010. And then in the year 2011, uh, two colleagues of mine planned to found their own company. We call it Experts Insight. It was in September 2011, and in October 2011, they asked me if I would also be interested to join this idea. So at our starting point, there was three guys uh, saying, okay, we know about SharePoint. <laughs> and this was the beginning of my Microsoft professional career. And how does the guiding principles of experts at work align with your vision for providing consulting services? And what really distinguishes your approach? So 
at the end of the day, experts uh, at um, uh, experts inside is just a, a company doing technology consulting, um, which means there are a lot of topics around us um, which we have to deal with, but which are not uh, technology topics. So the most well-known example is GDPR. GDPR is a law at the end of the day. So if you have uh, questions about this, you have to ask a lawyer, not a technical. And uh, on the other side, from a technical perspective, even with cloud computing, there is no way to ignore GDPR. So that means uh, we have to deal around these scenarios. We can do technology. This is what we, uh, this is our daily business. And around us, we have some other stuff, even stuff like user adoption, communication concepts, et cetera, which are really important for us. And this is where we begin to start uh, dealing with strong partners for projects. Yeah. And how has all of this changed since you mentioned GDPR? How has GDPR evolved uh, in the market since? So GDPR brings stuff like security con and compliance on just a definitely another level that it was before. Okay, security and compliance when you're talking to a customer and asking a stupid question like, is security important for you? Nobody will say, no, security, we don't care. Definitely. But now we have a law that uh, brings the need that you really have to deal with it, that you have to write down concepts, that you have to evaluate your settings to fulfill the GDPR requirements, which are mostly, even from a technical perspective, focusing to security and compliance features. And with this, it is just another level as it was before. And this is also why uh, I'm, meanwhile, not only focusing to SharePoint or communication uh, projects and technologies like, meanwhile, Teams, et cetera, but uh, so my other topics are definitely in this uh, context. So how, uh, uh, what, what is needed to configure a secure and compliant M365 or even Azure environment? And when we're starting the discussions, uh, even then with a, with a company, uh, answering the questions, why should we do this? What is the need to do this? Because of the customer definitely will understand why should I care about it? Yeah. So considering this experience that you're talking about, what emerging trends in SharePoint or Azure or Microsoft 365 do you think will reshape the industry? <laughs> um, so what we see actually is uh, that Microsoft is just um, focusing features under um, business topics. Um, definitely, so in the last years, we had a really, really fast involvement. So you know the um, so-called uh, evergreen approach that Microsoft is using, which means there are updates every week or at least every month. Um, and this brings out a lot of tiny little apps doing specific stuff. At the end of the day, a user or let's say a customer in the context of a project isn't really interested in this app or this app or this tiny app. He's interested in the solution that helps him to do his daily business. And in this context, uh, what Microsoft is actually doing uh, is just combining or aggregating features and functions which are splitted in different tiny little apps to a complete solution. So the best uh, example is the new planner. So planner, the new planner which was announced at Ignite uh, is now aggregating capabilities, tasks from the planner, from project online, and even from to-do. And this is definitely what a customer looking for. The customer wants, or a user at the customer wants an application that shows him what do I have to do today. Independent if this task is done in planner, in project for the web, or in to-do or whatever solution. And this is actually an interesting trend so that this, all this is combined. 
Uh, another interesting thing uh, that I see is um, maybe you heard about this application Microsoft Loop. It's just uh, an, an app where you can um, cooperate even with, with other people. And of course, yes, there are other products out in the market. For example, Miro, Miro Boards, which is doing at least the same. And to be true, Miro in detail that got more detailed features and functions. But what is the big benefit of Loop? Loop is integrated in Teams, it's integrated in Outlook, et cetera, et cetera. That means from an end user perspective, it is absolutely independent if you're using it in an email or in Teams chat. The Loop component is the same and the data you're dealing with is also the same because of it's stored in the Loop app or in the backend service of the Loop app. And this is a trend where we really actually see and from my perspective and even from what our customers are telling us, a really, really good approach. Because if at the end of the day, it means more or less silos for you, depending on which solution or which architecture you provide, uh, you prefer, sorry. So considering these significant developments like new planner and also open AI discussions, uh, what potential opportunities or challenges do you foresee for businesses adopting these technologies? AI is actually an, an, an password. So everybody's talking about AI. Think about the, the Microsoft Ignite AI was <laughs> the one and only. Also here at this conference, AI. So it's, you know, this uh, funny situation. The answer is AI, uh, of course. But what, what, what was the question? But the answer is AI. <laughs> so, but uh, let's see, if you're just going a little bit more deeper, definitely AI is, is a big game changer. When you're just looking a little bit of where are we coming from, there's the interview, you can watch it on YouTube or uh, on, on other platforms from uh, the founder of the Homebrew Computer Club in 1970s, 1975, something like this. And he talked about the first uh, home computer, the Altair. And he says, oh, it can blink and peep and we can just uh, use these switches to program it and that's it. But this was the starting point of uh, the career of computer systems because of the next step is that we have computers for maybe employees in companies but that means the employee needs to be aware of how to deal with this machine. You need to know the programming language or the, 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 uh, the code that is needed to get a value out of this machine. And then the next level was graphical user interfaces, which Apple and Microsoft bring up. So in the, with this step, people who before are not able to deal with this machine because they don't know the programming language, et cetera, can now get a value out of computers. And what we see actually with AI is just the next step because of, I think you also played around with ChatGPT, et cetera. You can ask this little machine in a natural language, what do you want to have? Simple stuff like, uh, tell me what to do in Amsterdam and please act as my, um, as my travel agent. And the answer is brilliant from the quality. And that means that even people who are not aware with computer technology actually now have the chance to get a value out of this machine. So yeah. That's the actual trend. So let's talk a bit about uh, you being a Microsoft Regional Director and MVP for Office Servers and Services. What are your primary areas of expertise uh, benefiting your clients here? Um, as we already talked about, it's uh, just coming from the SharePoint uh, ecosystem, which means it's um, all about communication, collaboration, um, planning, and setting up solutions that let people interact in projects or even let's say in departments in a company or even strategies about different subsidiaries of a company split it all over the world. So this is where I'm coming from and this is also what I'm actually still doing and I love that, to do this. Uh, and in addition, it's the security and the compliance stuff. 
So security, even in the context of cloud computing, we get a new level because of your cloud environment can be reached from where in the world. You only need the internet access and the user and a password, and then you can access it. And with this, um, we just get new challenges uh, we had to respect. Um, so a big topic that I uh, do with my customers is uh, working out zero, zero trust strategies in the context of trust nobody, don't trust a device or whatever, but uh, just work out which data must be available for your employees or maybe even for your customers in which scenarios. So a simple example to give you a little bit an idea of uh, what this means. Let's say uh, the menu card for the restaurant in your company, this is not security critical. You can just use it on your private phone from your private laptop, whatever. But let's say the data uh, about uh, the sea level is just actually talking, which is uh, highly secure content. And if someone gets in touch with this, who is uh, not allowed to do, maybe there's a big, big negative impact. So we had a complete other scenario than the menu card of the restaurant. And the zero trust strategy means we had to respect these different scenarios and worked out the details on how this data can be accessed, et cetera. And so what notable challenges have you faced throughout your career here? And how did you overcome them uh, personally or in consulting projects or anything memorable that comes to mind? For me, and I think also uh, the, the other founders of Experts Insight, it was an interesting challenge in the last 10, 12 years to uh, come from I'm a technical guy. I know the bits and bytes uh, to really do strategic consulting uh, with a value for our customers. So also, as we discussed, the customer isn't interested. It is, this is SharePoint or this is Exchange or whatever. The customer is interested. I have a problem. Can you offer me a solution? Or can you help me to work out a strategy which can be used to fulfill my or to, to respect my business critical things? And this is uh, the evolution I and also my other colleagues uh, did in the last 10 years, coming from this pure technical perspective, which is still really important. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, but for me and my role in, in, uh, in this industry, it is more going actually to strategic consulting and help customers work out, okay, where we are actually and where do we need to go to be on, on top of uh, our industry in the future. So do you have any example where failure or setbacks ultimately led to a valuable learning experience in your career? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, learnings are in the context of, um, yeah, also in the early years to say, okay, here's a brilliant new feature in whatever, SharePoint or at the starting point of uh, Microsoft 365 or Office 365, which was the first name. Um, it is about oh, our new features and now we can do it in the cloud and you can access it from at home from your private devices, etc. But at the end of the day, the learning is, this is interesting, definitely. And depending on uh, who you're talking in a company, they are really interesting in these talks. But at the end, from a, um, from a company, from a C-level perspective, that's not the important things. So the important thing is, okay, how much is it and what can I do with it? What can it help me to fulfill on my daily business uh, work on my daily business priorities? And it was definitely a learning coming as a technical guy uh, from these bits and bytes level to this strategic uh, level and help customers within this. So you've, you've we also done some research and found out that you're a professional member of the German Speaking Asso Speaker Association. How has public speaking impacted your career and industry influence? To be true, I'm no longer, but uh, Anyway, I'm just uh, do public speak speaking. I'm just uh, here actually at the ESPC conference where we do the interview and I've also some speaking slots here. 
and it's yeah definitely a big big part of my professional career uh, it means a little bit like do good things and talk about so yes normally my sessions i just provide or i talked about based on learnings and experiences we had from projects which means i can say okay with customer xyz we had a situation like this and now i can give you an idea of how we fulfilled this or how we solved this uh, this situation and this is interesting for the audience and even the good thing is that the audience is giving you feedback. You have questions afterwards or you have feedback during the sessions, which means also as a speaker, you're learning a lot. So yeah, this is public speaking is a is an elementary point of my uh, career, yeah. And you, you keep mentioning that you come from a technical background and, and do you think a lot of people in that background also should be doing public speaking? Because I guess the boat doesn't combine all the time. At the end of the day, uh, you must like to do this. Uh, I think there are a lot of brilliant, brilliant technicals or developers outside who are not really laughing speaking for a big audience, which is absolutely fair enough, no problem. Uh, but if you just have a passion for this and uh, you think you're good in this, definitely do it. It's, it's a cool thing, yeah. So you mentioned collaborating with strong partners yeah. in projects earlier. How vital are these co collaborations and how do you ensure seamless cooperation and successful outcomes yes um also this was beginning in the first days of experts inside that we just recognized okay we can do sharepoint at the beginning and we can really do it good <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day there are other topics that needs to be done which are not our main uh, focus okay and then you're just in a situation that you say okay i have to learn this or i have to deal with someone who already is uh, in the position to deliver on a professional level these uh, capabilities. This is all about, let's say, communication, or even we talked about GDPR, this law perspective, et cetera. And this is when we started uh, to, to just uh, dealing with, with partners, which means at the end of the day, you must a little bit um, see the difference uh, between I'm asking a guy that I'm knowing, can you help me, or did you know the answer for a specific question? This is not what I mean with partnering. Partnering is so, for example, let's say we're doing a project and um, migration on-prem exchange to exchange online, whatever, which means we need a communication concept. The end user needs to be informed what's going on, timeline, new features, and so on and so on. And when I say, okay, actually, uh, we need um, someone who helps us within this because all, all our all person who can do this are just uh, involved in other projects, say, okay, can you work out and do and deliver the communication concept for this project? And the partner says, yes, that means for me at this point, I'm out of this. He's doing the stuff and I'm out. He's doing this for me because if you don't have this clear setup, then it's ending in chaos. So uh, this is definitely also a lesson learned. If you just say, okay, there's a partner and you just uh, sign a job to him and it's his job and not longer your job. But at the end of the day for us, it was a really, really successful strategy working with strong partners on a trusted level to uh, offer a wider range of capabilities to our uh, customers. So speaking of chaos, then how do you maintain effective communication and synergy among diverse partners to ensure project objectives are met efficiently? Cool. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, to be true, this is not my key competence. This is why we have partners. So uh, normally when, when it's about simple stuff, okay, we can do it on our own. But if you're just coming to really such scenarios you mentioned, so diversity, et cetera, but you need to be uh, really, really careful and respect these, uh, these trends, then normally this is something where I say, okay, um, we need a partner, or maybe if someone uh, at Experts Insight who says, I can do this, no problem, then it's his job. It's not my key competence, to be true. 
Alright, so the last question for you is of a personal kind. What would you be doing in your life if not this? Ah, good question. Really good question. So, uh, as a hobby, <laughs> I'm writing books. I've published my first thriller uh, in the year 2019. And this was a uh, complete self-publishing uh, approach. It was just only an idea. I want to do this. Uh, so I, I did it and worked out how it works. There's also an uh, audiobook available. This was also an interesting challenge. Find a, a speaker who is uh, reading the book and then publishing it on an Audible, etc. Uh, and so uh, actually i am uh, got a professional agency who is supporting me within this. The second book is already written. And it's uh, actually a situation that we are just looking for a publisher. And the third is in planning. So if I won't do IT, I think I would write books. Yeah. And what's the thriller about? Uh, it's about a uh, uh, stock exchange hack. Uh, so also with the technology focus because of this is where I'm coming from. Yeah, this is it. Again, okay, and, and do you believe uh, with the advent of ChatGPT as a writing engine and voice actors in artificial intelligence, voices who can narrate it, what, how's this industry going to change? Um, it definitely, it has an impact. But at the end of the day, um, when you see how does this technology work, so how does a large language model work, at the end of the day, it's just uh, based on, on calculations. So it means it is really um, an average of what someone else already said and aggregated in a new context, which means a language model, as per today, uh, isn't available to work out something that has never been seen before or never been heard before. And because of this, I'm not very angry from the perspective of an, of an author because of the big thing for an author is writing a book that was never written before. Yeah.